Now that we've elected a billionaire businessman president, how is he going to disentangle himself from the vast real estate holdings and other businesses to avoid a conflict of interest? Donald Trump later this month will explain how he plans to break away from his companies by handing off control to his three oldest children, who also happen to be advising his presidential transition team. That's not giving much comfort to Democrats and some ethics experts who won't have many official channels to make their case or to probe Trump's administration for wrongdoing. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by Money and Politics reporter Kate Ackley and Senate leadership reporter Bridget Bowman. Uh, Kate, you quoted Democratic Congressman John Sarbanes of Maryland in one of your stories, uh, saying the number of Trump's ethical violations and potential special interest entanglements could make your head spin. But in the case of a president, some laws apply and others don't, right? Right. This is really an unprecedented situation in terms of presidential conflicts of interest. Most presidents... Uh, in recent, you know, in recent decades have disclosed their tax returns and they've moved their business holdings into blind trusts over which they have no control and they're not talking to the people who are controlling it. So uh, President-elect Trump puts us in a really unusual situation, not just because of his vast global business ventures, but also um, because his, you know, he's got a family business with his his kids um, being involved in it and, and also involved in his transition. It poses a lot of potential conflicts. Um, you're absolutely right that presidents, uh, as you know, President-elect Trump even tweeted in recent weeks, they're, you know, they're not subject to the same uh, laws about conflicts of interest that their own employees in the federal government are subject to. But they're not entirely above the law in terms of uh, bribery, uh, and the emoluments clause of the Constitution, which forbids office holders, including presidents, from receiving any kind of profits or compensation from foreign governments, which, you know, it's hard to pronounce and it's even harder to sort of figure out what it is. But the bottom line is that ethics lawyers have told me, including Republican ones, that, you know, Trump could be subject to uh, to that clause by having foreign dignitaries stay in his hotels if he is still, you know, profiting from that. If the if the foreign dignitaries' bills are being paid by foreign governments, then that may open him up to uh, the emoluments clause. Democratic Senator Ben Cardin, Congressman Elijah Cummings, they have non-binding resolutions. They've had letters calling on Trump to, to divest the holdings, calling for hearings to probe apparent conflicts of interest. With Republicans in control of both houses of Congress, though, are those pleas falling on deaf ears? For now, it seems that they are. I mean, certainly this is getting media attention. It's getting attention among watchdog organizations who are really gearing up. They're expecting this to be something of an unprecedented era for them to dig up, uh, you know, details of Trump's business, uh, financial deals and, and other holdings and so forth, and trying to shine the spotlight there. But as, as far as official channels or hearings, uh, you know, investigations that, that Congress might hold, that's going to be up to the Republicans who control both the House and Senate. They have not said most, you know, anyone in the sort of uh, important committees have not said that they're uh, eager to bring the Trump organization under their eyes. And one of the things that might kind of make a difference here, as Kate mentioned, the watchdog groups 
one of the presidents said today that he thinks the only change might come if Trump voters start to get angry about this, if they start to see insiders and and wealthy folks in the administration and start to get angry about that. Bridget, the um, Senate Democrats' concern extends beyond Trump to uh, some of his wealthier cabinet picks. Uh, They want to change the rules to require more nominees to release their tax returns, which is something, of course, Trump refused to do during the campaign. Where, Where is that all headed? So Democrats are saying they're going to try and push for rules changes when the next Congress convenes, when the next committees meet and put together their rules moving forward. Uh, So right now, there are only three committees that can require nominees to provide their tax returns. They want to extend that to all of the committees so that all the committees have the choice whether or not they want to require this information. Uh, The Wall Street, interestingly, the Wall Street Journal actually did the math and the four of Trump's cabinet nominees, their net worth is more than $8 billion. And so Democrats are saying some of these nominees might have conflicts of interest, might be violating tax rules, and we want to know about this. So the returns would be released at some point while they're having a confirmation hearing before or later? Right. And those returns wouldn't be made public. That would just be committee staff on both sides of the aisle that would review those returns. And if there's an issue, uh, Senator Wyden explained he's the ranking member of the Finance Committee. He explained yesterday if there's an issue, they'll put together a detailed memo and make that memo public, but not actually the returns themselves. So if all this disclosure is maybe not on the Republicans' uh, um, first 100 days to-do list, what would it take uh, for them to apply some meaningful oversight to the new administration? Well, they would have to start digging, holding hearings, maybe looking at legislative fixes. But as Kate mentioned, too, there doesn't seem to be an appetite to do that right now. So first, there would need to be some sort of political will to start to dig into this. You'd have to see maybe the conservative grassroots uh, getting up in arms. You know, the same people who took on then-Speaker John Boehner of Ohio, those those kind of folks, the conservative grassroots would have to really be, uh, uh, you know, amped up about this and, and calling for hearings and an investigation. I'm curious about this announcement, this press conference Trump has said he's going to have in New York on December 15th. Uh, he is talking about uh, turning over or giving control of the businesses to his kids. Is he actually transferring ownership? Is he just giving them day-to-day control? Uh, what are the consequences of that? Yeah, we really don't know. I mean, I think we're all going to be uh, listening and watching this December 15th announcement to to see is this a real Uh, effort on behalf of President-elect Trump to divest of his numerous business holdings and, and uh, you know, ridding himself of these potential conflicts of interest. Uh, It's a very different thing to just say that he's not involved in the day-to-day running of his company and actually separating himself and divesting himself and handing over ownership of the company to his children which offers, uh, you know, the tax implications of that. His children may be saddled with a big tax bill as a result of him gifting them his company. So there are many, many implications here that, uh, you know, that they have to figure out. And I'm guessing that that's what their lawyers are working on now, trying to figure out how can they do this in a way that doesn't maybe saddle his children with a big tax bill, but also really removes him from any stake in his companies. It's a it's a big job. We saw him getting some unexpected 
praise via Twitter from the Office of Government Ethics, the little-known uh, agency that tracks executive branch disclosures. What was that all about? There were some unusual tweets. I mean, they said they would sing his praises if he agreed to divest. I think, though, really that, the, uh, that it's in the details, and we need to see what he has unveiled with his lawyers in mid-December. Does it really, does he truly divest? And I, I think that the jury is kind of still out on that. You know, he has, obviously, his own company uh, presents potential conflicts of interest. Uh, also, you know, he has numerous stock holdings. He has, uh, you know, stock holdings in companies that we've heard about, um, as well as ones that we don't necessarily know about, but all that have issues and an agenda before the federal government. CQ Money and Politics reporter Kate Ackley, Senate leadership reporter Bridget Bowman on Donald Trump and his business entanglements that could trigger conflict of interest concerns. I'm Adriel Bettelheim. Thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can find all of our podcasts at rollcall.com forward slash podcasts.